0: There we go. So I'm here with John Hayden. And I have to tell you that John's been one of those go-to gurus for me for a very long time. And I use the word guru very seriously in this case because if you want to know about Facebook, then you gotta be paying attention to John, because mm-hmm. you're really you're awesome. And I've really oh, enjoyed you. watching your uh, content develop over the years and getting to meet you at various mm-hmm. nonprofit events. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about what it is that you do and who you work with?
1: Sure. Um, my laptop is on my lap. What do you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, yeah, so uh, so who? what do I do? I, so my career is actually sales and marketing, uh, but for for-profit companies. And I worked for uh, a healthcare company, actually Blue Cross in Massachusetts for many years. Uh, I worked for a, a traditional media company. We re- resold ad space for... Inc. and Business Week magazine. And then I worked for a a whole bunch of software companies for a few years. And then, um, you know, I wasn't really fulfilled actually. And, and, you know, talk about mindfulness, right? So for me, a lot of it is knowing yourself, really knowing Mm -hmm. what do you, you know, and, and I'm not, you know, my personality, I'm not the kind of cutthroat, you know, competitive, you know, got to get on top of everyone else type of person, right? I'm not, I'm not like a typical capitalist personality or, (laughs) or, um, you know, um, Mentality. I don't have that mentality. I think about others and hey, if I have enough, that's cool. Uh, but if I'm creating, what I look at is really creating value, right? And so, um, and, and this, is, this is a common experience, I think, with a lot of entrepreneurs or people that start their own gig, is that um, they're, they do it mainly because they don't really like what they're doing. They don't feel, feel fulfilled. This life is one life. OK, who knows about what happens afterwards, but, you know, you want to, you know, make the biggest dent possible in the world. And I, and for me personally, I feel that it's about the value that I create and um, the kind of work that I'm doing is, is really important. So in um, in the 2000s, uh, basically what happened was, as as everybody knows, right, the economy starts tanking. Now, I was selling H.R. software. OK, in mm-hmm. 2004 through two thousand. Eight. or selling you know, 2005 to 2009, something like that, selling HR software. And if anybody knows anybody, anything about um, you know for-profit financing, um, HR is a cost center. It is not a profit center at all. It's an expense. So if anything is going to be cut in terms of cost to a business, a for-profit business, it will be big software packages in HR. Marketing, sales, those are still really important. But that gets cut. So, so anyhow, you know, I saw a lot of my friends getting laid off over time, and I said, "Oh man, I'm really got to do something different." Right
0: here it comes. Yeah,
1: and I always had a dream. I had a dream that I had a couple of dreams. One was I can do my own gig and I can um, and stand behind a product or a service and and be creative and use my creativity for the work that I do, which is incredible. I went to Berklee School of Music. You probably see the guitar back there. Yeah, yeah, I went to Berkeley School of Music. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I I write and play music, and I have rec uh, CD, well CDs. I don't have CDs anymore. No one has CDs anymore. <laughs> but um, but, but you know, I have a bunch of stuff on iTunes and Spotify and all that stuff. I, do I make any money? No, not at all. Um, but still, I had this desire to do creative work, right? And also, um, I'm a parent. You're a parent, so you know what this is like. Well, what do you tell your kid? to do for their life, right? What kind of Mm. work should they do for their life? And I was looking at the work I was doing and really I didn't see a a kind of a value, like a net value that was created, you know? Great, I'm selling software and I'm making money and the software company is making money, but mm, is it really changing lives? No. Mm. Um, So concurrently during that period, I saw my friends working for nonprofits and even though they were making a lot less than me, I was so jealous because they were doing work that I thought was really cool, working for animal shelters, homeless shelters, and, you know uh, making the world a better place in in a very practical way you mm-hmm. know. and um, so so one thing kind of led to the other now it didn't happen overnight, obviously, but one thing led to the to the other. I kind of started my own business on the side um, and actually uh, who's the guy um, gaping void Hugh oh
0: yeah, Hugh, right?
1: Hugh McLeod. Hugh McLeod. He says in his book, he has got a book, I forget, 36, uh, whatever. Anyhow, he's got a book, <laughs> and I have it on the shelf. I'm not going to get up and get it, though, because I, <laughs> I have to take the laptop off my lap. Um, so, but anyhow, he has a, uh, a book on entrepreneurship, being creative and being an entrepreneur. And in one chapter, he talks about don't quit your day job, which is really important, right? So I was building up this thing on the side, and then eventually, you know, the economy started tanking even more. I got laid off, and fortunately, I had enough um, momentum, I should say, in the blog that I was establishing and the work that I was doing, a little bit of momentum. And now, um, so I was able to, uh, you know, make that transition. It was a very painful, nail-biting experience. It felt like someone gave me a pair of wings and a propeller and shoved me off. Uh, you know, a building and said, hey, good luck, bye-bye, <laughs> you know, and then I have to figure it out, you know. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> so so the, so the work that I do now is really, um, and I found I had a, a very early, um, I guess, competency in this area, and that was being creative and helping nonprofits how to tell better stories, and also I have uh, a lot of experience in marketing, you know, for-profit mm-hmm. marketing, Tends to be very focused on driving actions, creating awareness, a certain message, you know, um, starting certain conversations, and so forth. So now, obviously, um, uh, so social media has changed a lot how marketing happens now, and that makes it even more fun because it's a lot more creative, you because know, you have to come up with the ways, you know, how are you going to get people talking about you? That's not easy. It's really not easy, you know. They could say bad things. They could yeah. say good things. And that's the, th- that's the thing now is that people can talk about your business, any business, really. Um, people can, right now, they can comment and say, God, what the heck, this guy didn't even dress up. He's not, he didn't shave. Well, actually, I shaved a little bit, but it's okay. All right. I figure this is pretty casual. Mindfulness, mindful, mindful entrepreneurship is, a, it's about the mind. <laughs> also, I like this T-shirt, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. There you yep. go.
2: Yep. <laughs>
0: Well, do you think that um, people who are basically mindful at the start tend to maybe want to be entrepreneurs? They may not make the jump. But, you know, I think a lot of times in real corporate business, we find that we're not satisfied with what we're doing. We're not working towards Mm. our own personal goals. And we get so frustrated by it that finally we (coughs) break out and, and, you know, really – go out and be an entrepreneur and, and take our licks. Cause you're certainly going to take a lot of licks before. Oh, yeah. You, you oh know, my
1: God. It's not easy. <laughs> yep. It's the hardest work and it's very scary. Actually. It's very scary.
2: Terrific. So I think
1: just, just to, just to um, add kind of add to what you're saying, I think being mindful of your own fear mm-hmm. and it, it, and also accepting the fact that yes, you are going to be freaked out, but you, you, you can take a breath You can Mm. focus yourself. You can, it's not, it's not an external situation necessarily. That is the reality that's freaking you out. It's most, mostly your reaction to that. Right. Mm. So that's, that's why I feel like it's important to, for example, there, there at the beginning, there were many times when, and when I said, geez, am I going to be able to pay rent this month? You know, it was really nail biting, you know, is this, and then of course the negative, the, the monkeys, the mind monkeys, the mental monkeys (laughs) They hop on your shoulder and they say, you know what? You're going to be a total failure. This mm-hmm. is not going to work for you at all. And you know, you're just a loser. You're not going to. It's not going to work, right? right. And so, so that I think mindfulness helps kind of recognize those monkeys and say, hey, oh, you're a monkey. Look, I, I don't have time for you, monkey. Okay, <laughs> right? And then you can take a look at the reality, which is, uh, in my case, I was just looking at the gro- you know growth over time and and things that I had in the pipeline and you know, so you can, you can actually get answers to, are you, are you, there's, you can always find an answer to you're a loser, but Mm. that the answer is always from inside. Um, Are you, uh, are you making more money or less money? That is, that's an external thing that you can see. You know, are you getting more customers or not? You're getting more repeat customers or not? This is all information we could see, right? How we react to that. That's our, that's kind of our own problem, I think, you know?
0: So what kind of support structures can we put in place to help us see that, yes, progress is being made? No, Mm. we're not going to die. And in that first, for me, it's the first quarter of the year leading up to the April 15th taxes. That is the most stressful for me. Um, You know, I think every entrepreneur has a different cycle. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's my cycle. So this is kind Mm -hmm. of my crunch. Oh, shit. Why did I do this time? And I've been doing this for 20 years. So Mm -hmm. what kind of processes do you put in place to kind of make it easier? What kind of metrics or, you know, how Mm -hmm. can we how can we set ourselves up for more success?
1: Yeah. um, So I think it's really important for me personally. It's been really important to have multiple revenue streams. Okay. Mm -hmm. so, for example, um, right now, I'm working on um, a whole bunch of online courses that I have on my website. Okay, now i it's you know it's not growing as fast as I want, uh, and certainly if I depended only on that revenue, I would be in some serious trouble. So I mix that up with consulting. Uh, I also work on designing and developing websites. I do a lot of speaking and training. Um, so so I think for me personally, it's like mixing up the pot of money that's coming in, mm-hmm. so that you can um not stress out you always have some source some direction that you can go in and i think honestly speaking there's a certain amount of freedom in being an entrepreneur because i can think on my feet i don't have to depend on someone else to say hey let's launch this really asinine software (laughs) product that no one hates but it's got a cool brand name it's not going to sell you know Mm. i know it's not gonna sell so i don't want to sell that thing my my livelihood depends on that that my livelihood depends upon uh you know, an Excel spreadsheet that the CFO happens to fill out uh, at a public company. I, I don't want that, right? Yeah. I want to be able to do my own thing. Now, um, so what's the trade-off? The trade-off is a lot more, you have to be much more organized. Um, I'm not the biggest um, organized type of person. Honestly speaking, I've, I have I have ADHD, you know, which is a in some ways, it's a benefit because I get think in the moment, I'm very creative and mm-hmm. um, but I need to create these uh, certain systems to keep myself organized so for example, uh, for projects, I use this project software called Trello I don't know if mm-hmm. you've heard of yeah, Trello like, Trello's mm-hmm. awesome and um, and then I also use uh, Google um, what are they called reminders or something like that I have them on my mind alerts yeah uh, not alerts, but actually reminders like in oh. the calendar, you can uh-huh. give yourself a reminder or uh-huh. a. T- I think it's called a to-do or a task or something like Mm -hmm. that. And so every day I have a running list of tasks and I can cross them off, cross them off, cross them off, you know? So, so I think having the system structure in place is good. uh, But also the habit, you know, just because the software is there, it doesn't mean you're actually (laughs) going to be using it. Right. So one thing again, you know, uh, I haven't mastered everything and I'm far from mastering most things, (laughs) but, um, but I feel like having a, a, a ritual of every night looking at the day, the next day. What do I need to do? What's important? You know, mm-hmm. checking things off. Um, what's the priority? Shifting priorities and that sort of thing. You know, so, so adjusting the priority as well. And then also, you know, the other thing that I've um, recognized about myself, and you could stop me if I keep... No, talking, go. Um, is that for me personally, I, I'm a very, I'm an introvert, Okay. So I get a lot of great I I can keep myself endlessly fascinated all by myself <laughs> in my own head. Oh, I'm having a big party all day long. But but the reality is, is that I need to be around people. And actually, I focus more when I have people around me. So I'll I'll Ooh. do really well in a cafe that's really loud, lots of people working. Mm-hmm. And I also um work at a I have a I work at a co-working space in Cambridge. So I started uh, renting space. It's not really renting space. You pay a monthly fee. You, you show up you could use any desk, mm-hmm. uh, private meetings and all this stuff. You know, they have the amenities of an office without your own specific four walls to an office, you know, uh, so they have coffee and whatnot, but, but I go there because there are people there, there are people there working on their own gig, working on their own, uh, products or whatever they're working on. They're entrepreneurs and they're, they're, you know, it's a really cool environment and Mm -hmm. I meet people there. So I feel like a community, a rhythm of uh, daily touching people, not physically, but, you know, um, you know, connecting with people on a daily basis, getting feedback, saying hi, thinking about another person. These are really important. I think for us as a species, we need Mm -hmm. to, we're social beings. We're social creatures. My cat, my cat doesn't do much. Actually he's walking by, he's ignoring me. Totally.
0: That's
1: what cats do. Just cat doesn't care at all (laughs) (laughs) what my mental state is, as long as, you know, gets food and that's it. Yeah.
0: Well, but that's an interesting (laughs) statement for um, somebody. I mean, I really think of myself as an introvert and I'm completely the opposite. I can't work in a public space. When Mm. I used to work in cubes back in the day, it made me nuts. Mm. I work at home um and i will use brain fm to kind oh. of keep my head connected which is really yeah. really helps me stay focused hmm. um cuz i don't think i've ever been diagnosed with adhd but i think it is an entrepreneur quality hmm. and i'm calling yeah. it a quality on purpose because it allows us to be more flexible um hmm. and i'm not very regimented either i use um you know the pomodoro system oh
1: yeah 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 the 20 that's it that's exactly that's what i do too
0: yeah it 's um, huge
1: I don't otherwise I'd that be 20 minutes. yeah i don 't follow the i don 't follow the twenty minutes because it 's hard because I never remember to actually set the twenty minutes you know? <laughs> um, but i do have i 'll put my head down for an hour, an hour and a half, and i 'll just and then the next thing I have to do is I have to close the laptop I have to mm-hmm. get out um, it 's really hard for me to go meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting. I need to get out and go for a walk you mm-hmm. know and I think that that's i think that 's healthy. I always keep thinking about how we're animals. We are animals. We are breathing animals. The conditions of work today are radically different than the environment that created our bodies, right? Mm -hmm. We're used to sleeping. We're used to taking a lot of naps during the day, you know, running around, foraging, having some sort of feast, you know, but but not uh, settling down for too long because you never know there might be an enemy or an animal or something like that. We're always moving. Um, we're always on the go, but we're also always taking lots of time to, to rest. You mm-hmm. know, we're we're not really made to to organize. Stay organized. A schedule, a calendar. It, what? It's it's sun up, sundown, and winter, summer, spring, fall. It's uh, not really big.
0: the natural constructs that we were yeah, supposed. Yeah, not to be. the
1: natural constructs. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot. It's that's why I, honestly, I have a theory, and it's between you and me. Um, I have a theory that a lot of mental health issues in today are actually created, not solely, but the work environment today that people are going through, driving to work, going to work, doing a job that they hate. That, I think, will really contribute to some severe mental problems. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, you know, anxiety, depression, all this stuff. I think it, we're just living in an environment that is not healthy. It really isn't healthy. Um, so I, that's the other benefit of being an entrepreneur is that I can, um, I I have the freedom to basically set my own rhythm, right? Mm-hmm. I work early in the morning for, I, I, I do like spurts of an hour throughout the day, you know, an hour in the morning, an hour, you know, um, late morning, an hour early afternoon, mid afternoon, late afternoon, and that sort of thing. Kind of spread it out throughout the day.
0: You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. And we all have different, um, rhythms about when we work. You know, when I used to code, I worked really late at night and that was my most productive time. Mm. It was after everybody else had gone to bed and I would just sit up and code. And now that I don't do that, my hours have shifted and I'm starting Mm. to do a little more in the morning. I think one of the beauties Mm. for me of being an entrepreneur is I can take a break. I can go ride my horse. I can go out to lunch with my girlfriend. I can Mm. do whatever I need to do to keep myself mentally healthy and be a little bit more responsive than I would be if I was in a box somewhere, because mm. that just drives me nuts.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah.
0: And I, I think the same thing goes with um, some of the things like traffic. You know, I'm, I'm in Silicon Valley, and mm. the traffic here is crazy making, you know, and, and you as well. You know, mm. it's really that um, rats in a cage analogy. Mm where you yeah. know, we start to to feel pressured and you just need to get out and just go for a walk
2: mm-hmm. and
0: that's one of the freedoms that we get just by being mm-hmm. entrepreneurs that we can create our own environment we can create our own schedules and we can decide what we're going to be mindful of now as opposed mm-hmm. to you know the agendas
1: mm-hmm. yeah and i uh, i ride if, if i can if it's not raining horribly or winter i i ride my bike tour. You know, mm. cause it's really a 20 minute bike ride from my house to where I work. And they have a, they have a bike cage. So I can throw my bike in there and then I go upstairs and I get my exercise. I get to think, you know, I'm using my body. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important to consider if, especially as an entrepreneur, I feel like it is important to find the unique rhythm that is right for, for you, you know, and every person's different, you know, but I, I can tell you, and I'm sure you've had this experience too, there have been days when i've worked nonstop from seven in the morning until seven at night and i haven't seen a person and the sun's going down and a couple of days like that and i'm starting to go crazy Mm -hmm. you know it's not it's not it's just not healthy you know so i feel finding the rhythm finding the right work work that you like to do and uh finding your physical your physical rhythm like what when are you when are you really focused um when are you more creative um and and when to actually go outside and go for a walk, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's good to step back and notice that, you know, and and just stop, you know, and, and be present and say, okay, what's going on with me right now? Mm-hmm. Because quite often, you know, you'll be focused on accomplishing a task or, you know, beating a challenge. And you get mm-hmm. so wrapped up in it that, you know, you're just frozen and you're not capable mm-hmm. of actually looking at it objectively anymore. But if you walk away for five minutes and come back, then you have fresh eyes and you have more ability to be able to actually reason.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You
0: know, I, think, I think a lot of times we don't um, realize how driving ourselves like that isn't helping us. Hmm.
1: Um, yeah. And I like how you um, you started to talk about how You know, walking away for five minutes and then coming back to it, giving yourself that breather. Because I think the brain wants to work through this stuff and it will do it unconsciously if we have Mm -hmm. a problem. The brain just works that way anyhow. And in fact, um, I read an article recently where science is now really confirming the fact that the purpose of a dream or dreaming at night is for us to, um, there's actually three purposes. It's kind of fascinating. So one purpose is to um, file things, it's like a filing system at night. So lots of things happen during the day. We meet people. We return a phone call. Okay, that person called me back. I don't have to do that anymore. This meeting, this meeting went well. And so we're, we go through this process of filing, like putting stuff in deeper long-term memory versus short-term memory and throwing out stuff that's not even important, like the brain will just throw out this junk that's just not important. And then the dreaming part is actually working through problem right? When we have dreams, our mind is kind of unconsciously trying to put several things together. Um, And there was a study many years ago, uh, where they had, they basically had people dreaming about skiing, you know, downhill skiing. And they had some exercise where before they went to sleep, they were they kind of, you know, thought about it, and, you know, almost made themselves have a dream or something like that. And then during the daytime, they had to um, do a video game where you're skiing. You know, in the video game, and for those people that had a dream about the video game, them skiing in the dream or moving in the dream a certain way, they did better on the video game the next day. Mm. You know, they actually performed better without any sort of practice or anything like that. All just with dreaming, they were they were able to figure that out. So, I think um, that's you know that's important. One thing I do uh, for me, walking is um, it's a good way to just let the unconscious mind kind of do its thing like Mm -hmm. it's almost like an engine in the background so I'll be walking along and you know just breathing looking at the the world you know looking at the trees the water other people and just walking along and and then um I'll have you know the ideas will kind of work themselves out and then by the time I get back to work something has come up you know some idea sprang from that walk oh that's a great idea oh you know and I also do writing too so I um Many people uh, have an iPhone or an Android. So I'll actually um, use the notes app and I'll use dictation. (laughs) uh, And it looks like I'm talking on the phone. So it doesn't look like I'm so crazy. Right. But actually I'm, um, I'm dictating a blog post to myself and it's a very, very, very rough draft. But then when I get back to my office, now I can open it up on my laptop and do the, um, you know, a little bit more work on it. So, you know, also we, I guess we live in this time where, yes, the work environment is really stressful and the demands of work are really stressful. But the technology is there if we use it creatively to um, to uh, work in a more sane uh, way, you know, build good, healthy working habits. You know,
0: well, I find that that stepping away part really works, especially if you can say, OK, I'm not going to think about that for 10 minutes hmm. because you're still going to think about it but it's not going to be your main focus and getting away and looking at the flowers. Or for me, it's stupid things like washing the dishes. I always have epiphanies. (laughs) I'm washing Mm. the dishes and I do the same thing, but I actually, um, I dictate to Siri and tell her to email Evernote and then save it in the subject line as a blog post. So I have a whole section in Evernote. That's all these random, maybe crazy ideas for blog posts but I had to get them out or I wouldn't be able to walk anymore, you know? Yeah,
1: no, that's cool. That's great. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah,
0: I think there's a lot of ways that we can adapt to how we work as individuals as opposed to how we work within a corporation. But Mm -hmm. then when you've been out in the wild for a long time, Mm -hmm. um, then you have to go back into a corporation and deal in their environment. So how can we kind of
1: I never want to do that ever. No,
0: I never.
1: <laughs> Just for the record. Or endless
0: no. conference call. <laughs> but we still have to do with it deal with it to some extent with
2: specific Oh, oh, absolutely clients. for sure. So yeah.
0: what kind of things do you do to kind of get around that um major shift in the way that you work?
1: Hmm. Um you mean uh you mean going from preparing myself for meetings it sounds like yeah, on site meetings
0: yeah. at some corporate hmm. headquarters, as opposed to where you normally work.
1: Yep. Yep. Um, I think it's just about putting on a game face for me, you know, mm-hmm. and knowing that, you know, it's a it's an hour and a half meeting, it's a two hour meeting. I want to create the most amount of value in that meeting, right? And 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 you know, I can't I have to wear pants, A <laughs> B, you know, I can't, you know, be throwing the swear words around or whatever. You know, there's a certain way to behave. It's Kind of similar, I guess. Most people when they go to work, um, um, but yeah. So that's that's how I do it, and I always do a little bit of homework before the meeting. Who, you know, looking at the background of the company or the nonprofit, and mm-hmm. finding out what was the last meeting, so that I go in and I have something a little bit more context. You know,
0: yeah. Because sometimes when you go into a meeting and say there are ten people in the room, and you know you're supposed to give a presentation or part of a presentation but they're all a group and you're Mm. the outlier and you're Mm -hmm. an entrepreneur and you're an introvert.
2: So, Mm.
0: you know, when, when I come into a meeting with those expectations like you, I want to know who else is in the room,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. um, you know, what the agenda is. And then I kind of line out um, bullet points that I'm going to, that I'm going to hit. And that's Mm -hmm. really all I take. Like I don't take Mm -hmm. a laptop anymore because I really feel like, opening a laptop in front of a bunch of other people is just putting up mm. a barrier.
1: It really so, is. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: I try not to do that. I try to take just the notes. Mm. Um, but it can be very disruptive both for us as entrepreneurs, but also for the company mm-hmm. because they don't necessarily know how to, how to deal with that mm. different mindset coming into their space. Does that make sense? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. I, I bring um, a pad and a pen. I'll just bring like a leather bound or a a, a pleather bound um, thing, you know, with a note, and I'll yeah, and I'll just um, you know doodle. I'll take notes, you know. Um, sometimes I'll draw draw like a little mind map kind of thing of the mm-hmm. discussion, whatever it is, you know. Um, so I think that's I'm better with paper in person, and I think it actually looks. Wow, he brought his notepad. Whoa, he must be so serious, <laughs> you know. Wow, it's great. He's really listening, and and you know, honestly, it's a sincere effort to listen, and that's mm-hmm. the main reason why I'm bringing the notepad so I can remember everything that's said, you know. Um, so I th- again, I think um, not being stuck or limited by technology, but finding how technology can free things up. Um, there will never be an easier to, app to use than a book. Mm -hmm. or a notepad it's so you don't even have to do anything it's always on you know it's never going to crash you flip the page you pick up the pen you know sometimes the pen may not write but at least the notepad will work the paper will work Mm -hmm. so there
0: have been a lot of studies done that actually writing something down helps you remember it more than typing it so it's really interesting that it's actually the hand movement that connects you. Um, I think Beth Canter mm. posted something the other day about doodling. Cause that's, she's gone from coloring to doodling mm. and that actually doodling while someone is speaking helps you to remember mm. what it is that they're saying. Cause mm. your mind connects that, which is, is pretty interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and also it's, you make relationships too. So you'll mm-hmm. be doodling something and then uh, you know, um, someone will mention something about cloud software or whatever, and you'll draw a cloud and then a string attached to something else. And so it's just a different, I think images are pretty cool because they can, um, I imagine the doodling is a more, much more creative way of capturing a discussion than just literally writing down word for word what somebody said. Right, right. You know? Yeah,
0: I would think so. Mm-hmm. So yeah. let's switch gears a little bit to, and I, I know that you've been working in nonprofits for a long time, Mm. but how, when you're going out on your own, you've decided you're going to be an entrepreneur, you're going to cut the cord Mm. nonprofits. Isn't your best bet, but how do you choose Mm. what you're going to do? What are your first steps to Mm. trying to be more mindful of what your personal goals are and, and what you want to achieve? Mm. Um, and then going out there as, and let's say you're a consultant rather than, you know, you just created the perfect widget, which is a totally different mindset.
1: Yeah, it is a different mindset. Yeah. I think um, the critical thing for me when I started was to find the niche, right? I knew that I wanted to work with nonprofits somehow. And I knew, uh, so so basically there's the audience, there's your own experience, understanding what's the strength, what, what strength, what competencies am I bringing to my work, right? Um, I'm not an accountant, so I'm not gonna do accounting, but I do have a wealth of marketing and sales experience, so I can bring that to fundraising um, and nonprofit communications, right? And that's what I have been doing for, mm-hmm. for, for several years now. So I think understanding what your own capability is and what your strengths are, what do you, what, what's unique about me, what's unique about you, you know, and what, um, what do you bring to the table, basically? I hate to use a cliche, but, um, you know, what, what is it, what are your strengths that you know are your strengths and that you like actually doing? You know, mm-hmm. you like those strengths, right? So there's that. But there's also the, um, the this idea of a niche, right? So really, to me, that's that involves, what do you do well, right? What do you do well? What do you want to do for a long time, possibly? And also, what? where's the need? Where's the need? And, but what's, so then what's the niche, right? So when I first started out, um, there were uh, I was you know looking at the competitive landscape you know who's out there dealing with nonprofits who has a voice and uh, and I wanted to kind of establish myself as a thought leader over time right and I found out the the few it's a small little fish pond not too many people so it was easy for me to um, get my foot in there um, if I was trying to um, you know start talking and being an expert of all things social media you know, somebody like Mari Smith or or something like that, where it's cross industry, I think I would have a very difficult time. Mm -hmm. But with nonprofits, I feel like because I've selected that specific industry, that specific niche, I've been able to uh, build up a pretty good following, which is interesting, because it's really, you know, that's not intuitive at all, you would think, um, while you want more is better, more possible audience, a bigger audience is way better, right? Mm hmm. But actually it's almost like when you make the niche really small, your your personal audience gets bigger. You know?
0: Yeah, because it's more focused. They actually yeah. care more. Yep. Um, you know, I always laugh when I go into a meeting and say, Okay, let's define your market. And they're like, Well, mm. it's everybody. Oh yeah, yeah, my yeah, gosh.
2: Yeah. No, nope. it's
0: not. And it can't mm. be. And and you know, as you build up those the credibility within that small niche, you build up Mm. people who are really advocates of you and your work because Mm -hmm. you belong to a smaller tribe Mm. and that makes you more visible. Um, Yeah. Big fish, small pond kind of thing, but you know, Mm. it's it's really about focus.
2: Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So how do you find out what people care about within that Um, niche?
1: mm, That's good. Good. So I read a lot of forums, And I found out what are the what are the FAQs that people are asking? What are the what are the what's not being answered that I can easily answer that other people aren't answering? Right? What are the challenges? So I think answering those questions it doesn't happen overnight, but it just it's a for me it was um, just doing a lot of research, reading lots of blogs, going into different forums, reading the forums, finding out what's important to people, and then publishing articles based on that, Um, Mm -hmm. and then eventually that then and all not to mention that but. So that's the marketing piece, right? Finding the niche from a marketing piece, but what am I offering um, as a service, right? What am I selling? Mm-hmm. And so, really being very specific about that is also a challenge for me that took a few years to really define. Well, what am I giving people? What is it that I'm really doing? You know, mm-hmm. I think that's the hard, that's the tough thing. You know,
0: yeah, I'm familiar with that issue too because you know we started out in the nineties is a web development company. And then we went into e-learning and now we've really refocused into just social media consulting and management, which Hmm. still is really broad,
2: but you
0: know, I mean, it's trying to do all things. People would come to our website and go, what do you do? Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: And they really didn't know, which, you know, now um, I've actually focused, I got rid of my blog for my corporate website and I focused Hmm. it on a one pager and bada bing, we're done. And I've actually gotten more leads in the last month since I made the transition Hmm. than I did in six months before that. Yeah,
2: Hmm. Because
0: it's more focused.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: It's more mindful in a really twisted Hmm. sort of way.
1: Yeah, no, that, that definitely makes sense. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think, think you know, one of the things that attracts me to, a more, the idea of having a more mindful mindset about how we do business is mm. recognizing those little things that you're wasting your time on
2: mm-hmm.
0: and recognizing them earlier than 15 years, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you know, so that you can actually um, improve the quality of the time that you have mm-hmm. that you're working with.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Does, does that make sense?
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, actually. So, um, so I'll give you an example. I, I do website um, design projects, so a nonprofit will hire me and say, "Hey, can you help us with our website strategy?" So, um, I, I, right now, I'm 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 working with a couple of developers that I have do you know the the building part, you know, develop the theme, put the theme in, pick the plugins, and I'm more of the project manager, strategy person. Mm-hmm. I'm talking, I'm working with the client much more on content and how they're telling the stories and the the images and the, the messaging that they're focusing on. Cause that's what I like to do. I don't like to, I don't wanna have to spend my time trying to figure out which plugin is gonna work the best for the specific thing that they need to be doing. Right. Uh, there, there, there's, there are two people I know at least that really like to do that. And, you know, I pay them and that's it. You know, for for each project, there's, you know, certain, certain aspects. So um, I think also, to your point of, um, kind of, you know, working in a way that makes sense. You know, work doing. You know, knowing when to have either technology do something for you, automate something, or to uh, just basically have a, a contractor or someone else help you. you mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and that goes beyond recognizing just strengths and weaknesses. Mm. It also includes, you know, as the CEO of your own company you know, what your time is best spent on Mm -hmm. and what your personal skills are. If you're a really great, you know, interpersonal communicator, then you need to be out in the market and letting people do what they need to do Mm -hmm. um, in the office and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, figuring out what that is that's going to work for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's really key. That's, that's important.
0: Yeah. So I know that um, you've made faith a big part of, Your business model Hmm. and
1: you said faith,
0: I did say faith
1: like F A I T H.
0: (laughs) That's the one.
1: Cool,
2: okay.
0: (laughs) That you know, it doesn't, it isn't so much about specific religions as much as it is spirituality and a presence to Hmm. really walk your talk. Hmm. Um, oh, it got me choked up. Um, (laughs) but I think that's a really important part of being a mindful entrepreneur mindful business person is you know having that integrity mm. and sticking to it which isn't always easy because you get sidelined by the corporate models or mm. bright and shiny over there that could be the one business model that would give you passive income for the rest of your life yeah. there's so many things to chase yep. and how do you how do you keep that integrity what what grounds you i guess is my really long question
1: Hmm. Yeah. um, I think just creating, I like it when, when my clients get a result in in, in the words that I like it when they're able to talk to the community better, when they're able to raise more money, when they get a tangible result, that's what I want. I don't want to waste anybody's time. I mean, come Hmm. on, they are nonprofits, right? It's not like they have boatloads of money to give away. Right. And so I I feel like what I'm doing is I'm indirectly having an impact in their cause. Right. Um, So that's important to me. That's important to me. And it's also important to me that um, I do, that people are happy when they work with me. You know, mm-hmm. so I always follow up and I say, hey, how could I do better? And really learning from them, how could I do better? And I've learned that um, there's two ways to go in this, In ter- you know. One is, oh, here's the client, send me another email. Like, oh, but this is outside the scope of work. Oh, mm-hmm. pff, whatever, you know and reply, oh, this is outside the scope of the work. Sorry, we're going to have to do another project, uh, you know, whatever. And just kind of giving that person an awful experience. That I could do that, but I'm not going to do it, right? Mm. Um, what I'd rather do is say, um, give them a, a, a great experience, you know, and have it be super easy. If they want to send me emails, that's great. Send me emails. But they're paying me. You know, they're paying for that. Um, and, you know, so I try and have this attitude of, Positivity, being really positive with people, um, focusing on the goals. What are the goals we're trying to achieve? Being respectful and so forth. You know, so that's that's what I focus on. So in- integrity, um, for me, honestly speaking, the integrity is not necessarily an issue right now for me because I'm working with nonprofits. I feel like mm-hmm. I'm doing really great work that I believe in. Okay when i was working for a software company that was selling vaporware, right? You know, the integrity piece was a little challenging. Mm-hmm. You know, i had to often make promises that i knew, you know, my boss wanted me to make that promise, uh, but i knew that ultimately that promise wasn't going to be fulfilled. So that was that was re- very really difficult for me, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, so so the integrity piece to me is is great. Um the faith aspect comes into what's the vision that I have for this client, right? What do I want? I want them to be, um, you know, I, it's almost like I have a vision of them dancing and and having success and a victory and whatever they're trying to achieve. Often I do training. You know, I, tr- I train mm-hmm. organizations how to do their own social media. So, um, and I, I, I'm always, you know, directing my intent to, or my faith, I guess, to have them have a totally satisfied great experience and also success right successful and happy
0: right yeah which is what we would love all our clients to be
2: Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but it's not always as easy as we think it is because you know so many times with nonprofits in particular i find that they're really um, resources strapped and when i say resources i'm not just talking about money i'm talking about people to do the work to create the content to pull off this stuff together Mm. and so they kind of uh you know look to you as a superhero to come in and you know save the day and achieve all of this yeah whether or not there's the budget there to do it or not so sometimes you've got to kind of scale it back and say okay we can do this now Mm. but you know how how can you adjust expectations or is that something that you do right off the bat is setting expectations on what you're going to be able to deliver to the client um, for the available resources that they have.
1: Yeah, I think the expectation is it's really important to set that right up front. You know, um, if it's if it's coaching, I have um, uh, an agreement that people ha- have to sign in to, to that basically says that they are responsible for implementing all the stuff that we're talking about. They're going to be given homework each week. I'm going to follow up each week. We're going to work together in a certain way. And they have that agreement. You know, the um, if it's a website project, that's a that's a different animal. Or um, that's where you know, again, expectations have to be really clear right up front. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. Well, John, and, it's- al- and
1: also the, the other thing that you mentioned, which is also really key with nonprofits, is be, is recognizing the resources. So now, when I'm working with an organization, I'm finding out a lot. Well, what, what what resources do you have? What systems do you have in place? What What's your maturity in terms of an organization using social media? What's your capacity? How well do you listen to your audience? Do you have a content calendar? All of these questions I'm asking, and they give me an indication of where they're at and where they need to be going next, you know? Um, and okay. if they want to do some wild thing, you know, hey, we want to create, um, you know, our somebody on our board had a great idea for our, for a viral video, you know, we, we just feel like we made this video, millions of people would love our organization. Okay, well, you have 400 Facebook fans, okay? <laughs> I mean, you don't have a Twitter. You, you have a Twitter account. You tweet every week or so. You know, mm-hmm. you, you know, so there has to be some realistic expectations, I think. You know There's no such thing as a viral video, I say. Yeah. There's a vir- viral video. They only happen um, after kind of hindsight, right? You're like, oh, wow. My favorite viral video, and maybe we should finish with this, is um, goats screaming like humans. Oh, I love
0: the screaming goats. How can you not love screaming
1: goats? Screaming goats, and they sound just like human beings, humans Mm -hmm. screaming. It's like, (laughs) but it's when you look at that, I mean, I don't know how many millions or possibly billions of views that video has now. Who would have predicted that that would be a viral thing? Mm -hmm. You know, there's no way you can plan that sort of thing. You just can't do it you
0: know no because nobody can be purposely odd
1: yeah. which is what really
0: yeah. makes things viral it's that they jolt you in some way whether it's mm-hmm. pleasant or not but you know there's always some kind of a jolt there and i don't think mm-hmm. you can manufacture that as much as everybody tells me that we should be able to
1: <laughs> yeah and it's also hard i mean it's almost impossible to do make a video that really strikes a nerve in a very specific way
2: mm-hmm.
1: um the the one thing I'm thinking about is when Bernie Sanders was in Oregon and that bird flew up on the thing, you know? And, you know, that was like just a magical moment for him and for every, for a lot of people, right. It was just this amazing moment. And then it, and then, you know, but I think what was really cool about that was his response. You mm-hmm. know, he could have said, Oh, what a cool bird. And the bird flew away, but he was really, he really uh, very spontaneously said, this is a bird of, peace it's a dove and he he wants world peace no more war no more war and that he just nailed it it was so I think there's something to be the lesson that I took from that was not necessarily the viral nature of it but actually the mindset of being um, prepared you know what's your for a business it's what's your uh, mission as a business and knowing that and living that and breathing that you're you're much more prepared to respond in the moment so Bernie Sanders lives and breathes no more war, no more Mm -hmm. war, you know, and fighting injustice. So naturally he sees a bird like this. He's going to respond in the best possible way. Instead of
0: doing this, (laughs) you know, shooing the bird away. Well, did you see that actually today there was a photo that went out that the Pope was speaking
2: Hmm. and he
0: raised his hand and a dove landed on his hand. No, really? Seriously. Oh, I'll find it for you. So it, but it is how you respond in those moments. It's like the yep. soccer player, um, you know, who he was, he was a black soccer player. And I don't remember what the issue with the crowd mm. was, but they were booing him and hissing and somebody threw him a banana mm. and he picked it up and ate it instead mm. of responding in a negative way.
2: He was kind of yeah. like, yeah, okay.
1: thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a t-shirt I have actually that I forgot to wear. I thought to myself, I've got to wear that t-shirt. And the t shirt says, D the fat whale saves the whales. Okay? <laughs> and it's a, this is a true story. It's this girl, a high school student, um, and her name is D, D E E. And a lot of kids were making fun of her. You're a fat whale. She's overweight. You know, you're a fat whale, blah, blah, blah. D the fat whale, D the fat whale. So she says, you know what? I'm gonna own this. She decided she, to sell these t shirts d the fat whale sales the- wh- saves the whales, and all the proceeds go to funding um saving the whales that's so, so cool she, she owned it one hundred percent. that's cool. what was cool about that, you know, rather than being defeated, which is so often this the story that we hear about bullying is how mean it is, and you know, but she turned it into this positive thing, of course, these kids they called her d the fat whale you know they they feel like an idiot now because now yeah. it's all you know so um yeah, you that's know, a how you respond you
0: respond yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah.
1: You know?
0: Well, John, I know I could talk to you forever.
1: Same here. It's always yeah. fun.
0: Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to leave one absolute word of wisdom? I'll give you 12 mm. seconds to think about that um, <laughs> for the listeners um, just to let them know this will be on YouTube and it'll also be on my podcast on Spreaker. So if you didn't get to watch it on uh, Blab, then you can always look for it on YouTube and Spreaker and those links will go out on my Twitter account as well as on the website, mindfulsocialmarketing.com.
1: So my tip. um, (laughs) So I know that many people may be listening, might have different businesses and different goals and dreams and all that stuff. Um, And of course, there are many ways to achieve these things, you know, mindfulness and and many things. Right. Um, But I think the biggest factor is to never give up. Whatever your goal is, never give up. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Honestly speaking, the work that I do, I, I uh, if it was 10 years ago, I would say that's impossible, right? So you never know what's possible, and you really can't know unless you continue. So if you give up, you're not going to get there. So never give up.
0: Never give up. My, I like that. my
1: word of wisdom, yeah.
0: That's good. I like that.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I'm going to... Um, Pause the recording. Hi, everybody. You showed up a little late, you guys.